When I photograph a person, in what way I show this person is also how people perceive these people and receive them, judge them. With Joaquin Phoenix, I was very lucky because he was actually in very good spirits. We is he always in good spirits? Not really. Well, I that's I don't know, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> people told me that usually he doesn't enjoy being photographed very much. But he was on a promotional tour for Inherent and Vice for this movie. And they were in Paris in a hotel where he had one interview after the other. Luckily, I was the only photographer so he was not photographed out. Somehow I seemed to enjoy a little break. He arrived all alone without entourage or anyone. Yeah, nobody else came in. He was totally game. It was super easy to photograph. And we got 15 minutes to take pictures and to talk. He washed his face, drank a glass of water. I like everyday situations, especially for celebrities. So they seem not so distant in the end. I like to transmit the feeling of friendship as if it would be a friend that photographs him so that there is a positive feeling, an idea of, of honesty, of a real person that is there and not detach him from everything and make him bigger than life. Hello and welcome to This is 40, conversations with some of the brightest, most exciting, resilient, and very real 40-year-olds out there who share the honest truth of turning 40. I'm Riz. I'm an entrepreneur and producer living in Paris. I turned 40 recently, as did a whole bunch of my friends. And when I did, I asked myself, what does 40 mean to me? I started to ask the question to 40-year-olds in Paris, and then outside, and then around the world. And soon, a little community of people who turned 40 was born, who share the commonality and the thrills of turning 40, but also the challenges of reaching 40, where you're able to assess what you've done before and figure out if you want to make a change for the future. If you're not already in our community, join us on Instagram, and at This Is 40 Podcast and on Facebook. And as per usual, all links in the show notes. But for now, get yourself a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, and join me in listening to our guests about what turning 40 and the gifts it brought them. And I ask you, my friend, what is 40 to you? See you on the show. Hello, this is 40 People and welcome back to this new episode. I hope you've been well. I hope you've been happy. I hope you've been seeing friends and family and keeping yourself busy. Well, before I start this new episode, I wanted to give you a little recap of everything that we've been up to. So if you're not on our Instagram or on Facebook, head on over, come and join us. Over the last couple of weeks after Alice's episode, we've really tried to focus on sustainability, looking at brands, restaurants, producers, sustainable chefs. In Paris, we focused on Au Passage, which is a farm-to-table restaurant with a number of sustainable practices that are amazing, including the practice of how we keep human capital happy, which sometimes I think is the chef Matt says, Sometimes in our practice of sustainability, we forget that for a practice to actually be sustainable, it needs to be a practice that's sustainable for the humans involved too, which in a restaurant industry would be people working really hard behind the scenes. 
We're speaking with global leaders in sustainability, whether that's in beauty or food or cosmetics, asking to understand how they're working with their products to ensure they're sustainably sourced from local farms and produced with minimal waste. So in our last week in sustainability, we heard from Centara Holistics. We also heard from Cicely Johansson at Medicine and Makeup DK about sustainable consumerism. She talks about how we could use one product at a time and gives us really helpful insight, ensuring that we minimize the amount of waste and beauty. Besides that, she's obviously an expert in skin care and an incredible resource. And she has very kindly agreed to do an Insta Live with us where she speaks specifically to skin care for women in the age of 35 and above. So perfectly for our audience of This Is 40. Come onto our Instagram and you'll find out more about her tips. We hear from Amy Skincare, which is a Paris-based brand doing really exciting work. And then you remember Joanna from episode three. Joanna spoke with us about her life challenges and turning 40, but she's also an art collector. And she's doing a sneak peek for This Is 40 fans, the exhibitions that she's allowed to go into, because obviously right now a lot of the museums are closed or limiting the number of people that can go in. So that really means those with passes. And those of us who aren't traveling aren't able to see all of that. So Joanna is doing highlights on the artists that she's seeing, the art fairs that she's invited to. Now, obviously, after this, we're going to have to focus on something exciting, which is fashion. And Fashion Week in Paris is going to be very quiet and nothing like it used to be. But we're still going to try and do interviews with fashion producers, makeup artists, and small fashion brands coming out of Paris, really focusing on our audience who have turned 40 recently and are looking for brands that they identify with who are doing something interesting and cool. We're also going to speak with journalists who traditionally cover Fashion Week. So stay tuned. All of that happens, obviously, on our Instagram. Well, maybe you're wondering why fashion. I think our next guest has something to do with it. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of difficult to pinpoint exactly how to introduce this guest because he's very layered. Our next guest is a fashion photographer, Jonas Unger. He's best known for his incredible portraits for the American and the French Vogue. He's shot portraits you've definitely seen of Joaquin Phoenix. This incredibly piercing portrait where he looks like he's looking right into your soul. He's also worked with Ryan Gosling. He's done this incredible portrait of Julianne Moore brushing her teeth. And she looks like a mere mortal, if Julianne Moore can look like a mere mortal. But somehow he gets her to do that. Jonas is known for working with celebrities and demystifying the celebrity myth, detaching them from all of the celebrity bubble, which is, as you can imagine, having worked with celebrities is something they're not used to at all, right? Because they're very protected. Jonas has gotten himself many admirers in the photography world, the world of human beings, and as well as the world of celebrities because of his approach. But he's really on our show to talk about his journey to 40 and how at some point, despite having all of these skills and all of these talents and getting amazing work, he talks about not being in alignment with his inner self, how he turned his back on the commercial world for a while. I think it's a really important transformational journey for all of us coming to 40, right? And that's what he talks about, is doing this work before you're 40. Well... 
I'll let Jonas tell you more about what he does. See you in the show. Hey, Jonas. Where are you right now? Are you traveling? Are you back in Paris? Um, in Paris, traveling is not so much possible anymore, unfortunately. And this must so, be really hard for you, right, as a photographer? Well, it is because the traveling part of it is one of the parts that I enjoy the most, actually. And so, yeah, being unable to travel is hard. And I know that from what you've said, too, traveling is really your essence, right? It's where you find yourself. So it must be hard for you to be stuck in the city. But it looks like you found a little perch on your... It looks like you're on the rooftop. Are you on a rooftop somewhere? Uh, yeah, we just got a little house just before confinement, fortunately. We have a little roof terrace where I can spend my time. And also the kids could during confinement. That was wonderful and still is yeah, I mean, talk about not being stuck in an apartment, huh? Yeah, it changes the city completely. It's it's super. That's exciting to know. I always felt you either had to leave the city to find a house, but it's interesting that even in the city, if you don't live in an apartment, you can have a totally different experience. Uh, completely. I mean, we were looking to either maybe leave the city to have a little more space, but the suburbs were not so it's not so easy to find something uh, a suburb that really suits our family so we were lucky to find something in the city that was very good oh that's gorgeous so just before we jump in i want to say i'm a huge fan of your work your work is incredibly beautiful visually amazing what i think is really amazing is that you're so humble about it Having worked with celebrities and directors myself, you come across as someone who's very much about the art, very much about what you're making and not so much about the noise. All of that shows in your photographs. Talking about how you see photography, I feel like that's your language, right? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, photography or visual art in general is a tool of communication. So when I photograph a person in what way I show this person is also how people perceive these people and receive them and and, and judge them. It's a very important for communication to show how you see the world or transmit values. I think it's a fantastic tool for this. I think you said something about elevating someone on a pedestal versus your approach is more bringing that celebrity down to integrate them into society, which is a hard job too, because that's not what they're used to, right? They're used to people telling them how amazing they are, protecting them and locking them off. The different personalities, Joaquin Phoenix, Ryan Gosling, you photographed Julian Moore. There was no time, you had to rush and get things done. How do you manage to cut through what's expected and stay true to what you want and get this celebrity to do what you want? Well, I'm curious about people and I want to find out about them. I'm interested in finding out how people spend their time to try to find out a little bit how the world works also for them. And so I, when I meet them, I have the chance to ask them all these questions. And like this, we start a conversation We were talking when you were filming someone in the Tarantino movies, his PR team, basically, you were not allowed to do very much with him, yet you got an amazing photograph. The same thing happened when you were filming Joaquin Phoenix, 
right? You went in with one impression, but you got something else out of him. How does that whole mind-body connection work? How are you guys communicating so that you can get your shot? With Joaquin Phoenix, I was very lucky because he was actually in very good spirits. We Is have, he always in good spirits? Not really. Well, I, that's, I don't know, but I don't, <laughs> <laughs> people told me that usually he doesn't enjoy being photographed very much. But at that day, he was on a promotional tour for Inheritant Vice for this movie. And they were in Paris in a hotel where he had one interview after the other. Luckily, I was the only photographer that day so he was not photographed out and he somehow seemed to enjoy a little break from being recorded and he arrived all alone without entourage or anyone nobody else came in he was totally game it was super easy to photograph and we got 15 minutes to take pictures and to talk i usually then set up a little bit of a photo parcours so i have like three four situations uh, that i offer him to ask him to do and he was fine with everything he washed his face drank a glass of water I like everyday situations, especially for celebrities, so they seem not so distant in the end. I like to transmit the feeling of friendship, and as, or as if it would be a friend that photographs him, so that there is a positive feeling, an idea of, of honesty, of a real person that is there, and not detach him from everything and make him bigger than life. And that, I think that the celebrities probably love it, right? You said that you guys got along really well. You could consider him someone you would want to go have a drink with, which is not yeah, every totally. celebrity, right? No, not necessarily everyone, no. But also not every non-celebrity you don't necessarily want to have a drink with. <laughs> <laughs> you but, have a very hard time staying at home with your two kids and your wife, I can tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but it was with him particularly great because I'm not a big television watcher and I'm personally not very interested in celebrities, an idea in society because they play in movies and play interesting characters. I think often people get the idea that they are super interesting and super important people. But then in the end, when you get through to them, they just wake up in the morning and brush their teeth and have a coffee and live maybe a different, a little bit of a different life, but they are not, they are like us. <laughs> They're doing their job. Right? Exactly, they do their job and they are very good at it. They are often interesting because they meet also very interesting people and they have interesting conversations. Well, you also have that amazing shot of Julianne Moore brushing her teeth. Unlike any of the other photographs where you've seen of her, how did you get her to do that shot? Mm. She was in... I mean, she, she was brushing she, her teeth when you guys were there? No. <laughs> that would be very no. strange. But, but I asked Welcome. her... To... I just need to brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> No, I really like. I, I was always very fond of her and I was excited to photograph her. She's very genuine already. Yeah. You know? She does yeah. not change. She doesn't have yeah. two faces where she has one outside face and one inside face. You think or it, it makes the impression as if she really is, is a genuine person. We spent four or five hours together to make a fashion and jewelry story. My assistant and I, we did a good amount of research to fill the five hours is a long time to fill with conversation to know what to expect and what kind of a person 
Uh, well, and she was born in Germany, actually. So as my assistant and I are Germans, we started a conversation like this and we really hit it off. She really liked that we knew this and that we uh, did a little bit of research about her. And so the whole shooting developed very nicely after it actually started very complicated as we had just a very small hotel room in Cannes during the festival. Everything was booked out. Everything was quite poorly organized. We didn't have a room key. When she arrived, we didn't have any light for the rooms. And, uh, and oh my I was, God, what I, a nightmare. I got a little worried because, yeah, when someone, yeah, like Oscar winner comes and <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, sorry, I don't have lights. I don't have a room key. Can <laughs> yeah. up in the corridor? Yeah, you can yeah, see the tantrum that might have happened. And, but then she said, oh, yeah, oh, no, no problem. I'm used to this. I, I play in so many independent movies. So this is where then I cook at home and bring the food to the sets. And <laughs> so this is like, uh, this is how it is. And I'm used to it. That doesn't uh, need to be the big trailer. We have everything we need and we will have a nice day. And sometimes complications and things that are difficult make you more creative and bring you closer together. And so you work it out together. And this togetherness totally made the day and made it made her very, very open. And she liked the idea. Yeah. yeah. And How did that happen? Well, yeah, as we did have very limited space, the room itself was full of clothing, hair and makeup and everything. In the end, only the bathroom was left where there was <laughs> not a lot of stuff. So she was totally fine with taking a, sitting in the bathroom and making a bubble bath where she didn't go in, of course, in the end. So this gave moments of the private moment. And this yeah. is what I enjoy the most when you come to a point where, yeah, where you have a moment like this and you work for that moment and it's beautiful i wondered how much did he have to convince her when she's brushing her teeth she's not doing it in a fancy way she's like i'm cleaning back here yeah no but, <laughs> but then as well she i think she enjoyed the company and she enjoyed the way we worked it is always very simple you know we don't have any equipment like a big light often breaks the flow so in the end it's nice to to find the flow and to really concentrate on the person and not being occupied with technical things yeah to to build a relationship is more interesting than for me and helps me more to get what i want than trying yeah to building up a set and find the perfect light situation it's it's really also it's a collaboration it's i'm not the photo dictator you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm the photographer slash photo dictator you will yeah, do exactly i know i can't see that happening in your work though i feel like you're very respectful of course i have a wish list of pictures that i could dream of i want to show the person and if it does not belong to the person but only to my dream world it doesn't do them justice yeah, that's a hard thing to, to take as a photographer, right? Because I have my ego, I want to do this for myself, but that's where your honesty comes in is respect for the person. Yeah. I remember you saying it was not always this way though, right? Like your 20s, 30s and 40s and how you've arrived at staying true to your vision. Well, I had to find my vision. I didn't, my feelings were not so clear from the beginning. In the beginning, I was very excited that I could work in this field in Paris. Had very good and big clients. One of my first shootings was the Cacharel campaign. I did a lot of research for it and I tried to 
do justice to the company and it was not my personality in there. It was more, I tried to please the others and do research about how to please them. And I didn't do research about how do I see the world? How do I want to survive long time in photography, being happy, being honest and genuine? So this didn't work after a while anymore for me with fashion because I got too, too far away from who I am. You did what a lot of artists, a lot of people go through in coming to 40 moments of finding yourself, realizing what your values were. There was some hardship involved in breaking from what came easily to you and trying to really stand up for your true values. You did some soul searching, traveled, mm-hmm. came back to asking the question of how can I be my person and do the thing that I love? Yeah. It's a good thing I took notes, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, when I started in Paris with photography, I was convinced that fashion photography is the thing because it gives you the possibility to create images. But then after a while, I found myself in the situation that it was all about the product and that so many people talk into the pictures. And when you are a young photographer, your vision is not completely developed. You're very influenceable. And then I, I lost track a little bit of where I want to go. And I've lost the, uh, I was bored on my own shootings. I had to stop it and to find another way of photography. Really, what I really wanted was traveling and work for travel magazines. But I thought that this must be so complicated because this sounds to be like the best job in the world. Everybody would want to do this. So I was a little scared of it, but I really stopped fashion photography traveled on my own, spent time for myself and take pictures, not for clients, but for myself, which was very, very nice for me, for my development. But then also I was very precarious and I had no money. I was scared about the future and how I can finance my life. But then also I had no other responsibilities than myself. I did not have children. I I was not responsible for anyone but myself. Earning money was not so important to feed the family. I had to get enough money to pay my travels, which was already very complicated, but it was very important. So I, I spent a lot of time alone, write a diary and um, think about how I react to the world when I'm alone and not with other people, with my wife, but being really, yeah, without compromising. What do I want to do? How do I spend my days when I have this time and uh, all these interesting things in front of me? It's not always easy, or for me at least, it wasn't. And so I, yeah, I took lots of pictures and had a lot of reflection time. And with these pictures, I went then to magazines and they were really well received. From there, things developed very quickly. So I could work for these beautiful uh, travel magazines that I admired because they sent you to nice places and you get not much money, but a little bit. And you can really work in beautiful environments. I also started taking lots of portraits, which I since always did because, I mean, also in the 20s, I took portraits because this is always a good way for magazines to try out new photographers. So you can get a portrait and, and then they see how you do. So I had already a few portraits I reviewed these pictures and showed them also to other magazines. I started working a lot for newspaper supplements uh, in Germany and in France. 
then start doing portraits and documentaries. And then it was not complicated anymore. I did not have to change myself to show things that I'm not interested in, but I could spend my time doing joyful things that I love. Having known the commercial side of things with film and television and stuff, I know that the commercial side can be soul killing, right? What helped you to realize that was it solitude? What 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 happens to you when you're alone? Yeah, I have to decide when you're alone and you have um, no. Did you go to the no, ocean? I, I went to uh, Bombay. Yeah, um, that's uh, not alone. But you were alone and with many other people around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are not okay. in company of a friend. Then I started drift. I'm drifting. I mean, I just walk. I I love taking walks, and uh, so I just walked for days and days through the cities. Uh, or through Bombay, and, but Did it's you always... Did you anyone during these walks, or was it just mostly you it's on your own, like, yeah, thinking? It's just me uh, looking around and looking at things. I, I come from a family of walkers. <laughs> this makes me think... Well, this is your German side. It is, yes. <laughs> like the forest. And we walk in the forest. And that's what I did. I took walks and I let let all these exterior um, situations come to me the, feel the cities and feel myself and see where I uh, where I want to go and are you being I, alone all that time because solitude is hard too like there's no way to hide from what's in your head right exactly, especially when you are not sure in a situation where you want to try to find a new perspective on life or also to find out where what I want and how, how I want to live and how I can survive financially. And with financial pressure, it's always complicated to think freely. It was very helpful for me to do this, write down my thoughts and not interact with people I know. Also to start taking photographs just for myself, not as a commission. That was very important too, because I always thought that as a photographer, you had to be a photographer. You need to have a commission, otherwise you're like a retired dude that runs around, takes pictures, shows <laughs> it to his wife. And so I never thought that photography really is a, yeah, it's only a job when someone wants something from you. And it doesn't necessarily come from your heart. I accepted that I, I have to, that I want to develop my own language and see how other people receive it. This worked really well because then I had pictures that I did just for myself how I see the world or how I saw these places how I react to the outside and how I interpret it that was just me and myself and my camera you know today surrounded by the noise that we are surrounded by very few people go off on solo voyages I know that a lot of ancient tribes do that it was yeah. often a coming-of-age thing for young men, right? They would go off on their own to kind of figure out their demons and stuff like that. But it's also a hard thing to do. Is that something you recommend? you think that we should be doing oh. ourselves? I mean, I highly recommend it because it really worked well for me, and it still does. I, I, I like to be alone as well uh, because then I can concentrate best. I mean, I was married already at the time, and... Or I was in a long-term relationship. And for people, friendly circle, it was weird that I travel without her, that I just go away by myself. They thought that's weird, it's not wrong. It was not, It's maybe it's more common now, but at, at the time, it wasn't very common. But it was very important. And for my wife, 
it was also good to have a happy husband. <laughs> one that, but also leaving alone is also a risk because who knows where I go and then, like how is my search? How does uh, soul searching go? You never. It, it's always risky. And oh was, yeah, I know friends who've gone it, through that process and yeah, no. decided they don't want anything to do with the world anymore. They're off the grid completely. Yeah, and so it was also a lot of trust from my wife. It was super nice that it was possible. That's yeah, the little piece of advice that I give friends uh, is that uh, traveling, being in a different environment, brings you closer to yourself sometimes. But being in a different environment on your own, not surrounded by like a group of friends. Yeah, no. When you go to Mallorca and hang out with your friends on the beach, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> really go to, into, to places that you don't know and that you have to react to. And to. Uh, but I mean, for me, traveling was always I mean, something that I loved. And so it's, and it's so easy as well. You go on the plane and in seven hours you're in a on a different continent, just get out of the plane. It smells different. It, it's elevating and it's amazing. When you're alone, you still really have to find your way through it. You can see how you react to things because they are not your everyday situations. And that's why it's particularly helpful, I think, to, to get in touch with yourself. So you went to Mumbai and then where else did you go? I went uh, to uh, Sri Lanka and I made a road trip in the States. On your own, you yes. drove across the country. No, not That's the amazing. Country. No, just the, in the but the, the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, and well, the Bible Belt, and so I, yeah, I uh, visited churches and uh, looked at the architecture, which is really nice. These were the three main trips that I did alone. Did people ask you in any of these places? I guess what are you doing on your own? What were some of the reactions you had? Yeah, no, because but I was not very interested in meeting people. I must. <laughs> Like, I'm on my own, don't talk I to wanted me. to meet myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the idea of no, it. I was not, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of kept yourself but traveled through all of these spaces. Solitude is something we all lack. It's very hard especially yes. to find solitude, right? Very. Yeah, and uh, that's why it was also lucky that this happened to me so early on, before I had other people to take care of uh, or had children. Because um, I, I have friends, photographers, that start soul-searching now with uh, 40 or mid-40s, and that is much, it's much more complicated when you have two children and a house and all these responsibilities to get away from all of it and to get your own time for yourself is, is very complicated. Well, I guess that brings me to the question that I've been meaning to ask you is, what is 40 to you? Well, 40 for, for me is it's a great age because in the end I have a very nice job that I really like. I have financial independence and I can do what I want. I'm not scared of the future anymore and it's uh, super. I think it's, it's a very, very good time. Every age has a theme in a way. Different ages have different responsibilities. For me it was from 20 to 30 to find out a bit what I can do from 30 to 40 to develop it as good as I can without being corrupted by money to really try to take care of yourself and to develop my own body of work and my own visual language 
And now from 40 to 50, I have different responsibilities with children. And now I really also, yeah, I need to make uh, money and uh, to, to make a living. Lang said it in an interview that he structured his life in these groups from 20 to 30. You play around, try out everything, see where you want to go. From 30 to 40, you develop this point that you decided to go. Do this very close to your heart without being commercially corrupted. When you are more stable and you can talk on eye level with clients and agents and everyone else. And this is from 40 on that I can in the end work the way I want to work. Actually, I work a lot in fashion now, again, since my 40s. But now it's my person that can also bring something to the image because I'm a big. <laughs> but your true self? <laughs> you, you don't think you're at your true self yet? Well, I more often than less often, I hope, but I, I also still don't exactly know who my true self is. Yeah. Oh, God. So philosophical. <laughs> 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 you should be sitting on a beach somewhere doing Vipassana for like 12 uh, that's, hours. That's what I do from 50 to 60. Yeah. <laughs> you have a plan. <laughs> I have a plan. It's the okay. Beyond. Wrapping up this interview, where can people find you? Where is a good place for people to follow your work? Instagram. And I'll link to your Instagram account on our show notes. How do people know when they're looking at something you've shot? What magazines or newspapers do you often shoot for? Well, I work a lot for newspaper supplements, a lot for M. Le Monde, but then yeah, uh, Wall Street Journal magazine. Okay. From time to time, uh, Zeit Magazine in Germany. And then I have different, sometimes for the French Vogue, for the American Vogue. And okay. yeah, mainly those. And do you exhibit at all? I had I had a very nice encounter in 2010 with uh, Gérard. Yeah. We really had a wonderful shooting. And this story got pub uh, exhibited quite a bit. I was interested in how, because people always react to other people. So when I'm there and the, the subject reacts to me, I gave them a little quick snack camera. I left the room and so that they took uh, self-portraits of them. That was Oh, that's so cool. That was actually before the whole selfie. The selfie wave destroyed this project a bit. <laughs> because, <laughs> But that was yeah from 2010 on that I did this. And so, yeah, so I, had, I have all these self-portraits of many personalities and this got uh, exhibited quite a bit as well and uh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to see that the pre-selfie yeah. one because i guess people I, didn't know how to pose for selfies at that point too yeah and also when you give a yeah they didn't and they didn't pose much most of them were not interested in taking pictures of themselves really in their private life and then saw it as a funny those pictures are very nice Oh, that's so cool. And you have a giveaway for our audience. So that can be anything you have in mind that you would like to share about yourself or your art, something that people can take home and start look at, read about. Yesterday, I listened to a few podcasts, a phenomenal, fantastic art photographer who I admire. And I can only highly recommend looking at his art because he really translates a view of life into photography that is exceptionally beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. And for anyone aspiring to be a photographer... To have a certain stability in your body of work and in your mindset to go work commercially and not yeah. run after the money as the first goal 
and not run only after fame, but um, run after yourself. That's worked for me for the moment. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been such a great interview. You know, it's a great treat to be able to have a sneak preview into the mind of someone who has to work with people on all different levels and how you treat all of them the same and kind of capture their essence in that photograph. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Another great episode. Another amazing guest, right? What This Is 40 is all about. Hope you're enjoying these episodes. And I'm so glad that you are listening in because it means quite a lot to the show. And if you are, come on to Instagram, on Facebook, on Apple and give this show a five-star review. Every time we interview people, I am just blown away by the things we learn, by the thrills, the skills. The stories are, are just incredible, and it's amazing how much we all have in common as we've turned 40. If there's anything that we've learned in producing the show is that there's more to us that binds us than divides us, irrespective of where you are in the world, which is the most incredible thing. Thank you guys for listening. If you've reached this far, you've heard all of these episodes, you know the journey, you know the people that we've spoken to. I think we got the best compliment the other day when someone said that on listening to one of our episodes that she felt like she actually knew the person really well because she heard this episode. So if you guys aren't on our community, come on over, join our community on Instagram, on Facebook. For two weeks after each episode, we'll focus on the industry, peel back the layers and you know, shine a light on each of the industries that our guests are in. All right, guys, thanks for listening in, and I'll see you either on Instagram, on Facebook. If you have a friend who's 40 or who's in their 40s and you think this might work for them, please share it. We'd love to have the more the merrier, right, as they say. And as usual, all of this stuff will be linked to in the show notes. Until next time, see ya.